the planning is very important, but I don't think there will ever be the right day <laughs> when to rebrand, actually. So we've been thinking about it for a few years. I got kind of a sort of confirmation from the team. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's do it. So at least I, it wasn't just me alone with one crazy idea, you know, like we're a team. So yeah, then, then of course it happened. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Woo Biz Chat, a Do The Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by thedotstore.com, where you will find a variety of plugins to help you with that next client build, from extending products to custom shipping they have you covered. And godaddy.com, their e-commerce hosting solution for clients looking to start a shop or expand an existing one. I'll tell you more about our sponsors later in the show, but let's dive in as Marcus and Katie chat with Robert Abella from Melopress. Not only do we learn a bit more about his thoughts on security, user roles, and other plugin functionality, but we focus even more on their rebranding from earlier this year. If you have ever gone through rebranding, you can relate. If not, learn about the ins and outs, ups and downs, as it's all here today on the show. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to another Woo Biz Chat. I'm Marcus, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Keith, from Barn2 Plugins. How are you doing post-Black Friday, Katie? Great, thanks. Yeah, I'm just recovering. It's a crazy time, isn't it? What about you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I had I had a little bit of time off last week, and uh, I used it to just kind of disconnect and recharge, and that was super great, but I know that the product world continued on with Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday, and so I know that you were probably you and your team were probably pretty busy. Yeah, time off in Black Friday week is not a thing. <laughs> Although my designer took the whole of November off. Uh, what's going on? He planned it before he started his job. How convenient. So he didn't know it was going to be the busiest <laughs> month. So we had to be really organized and do everything before. Absolutely. Well, we have a, a special guest with us today to talk a little bit about, um, you know, their intro into the WordPress and Woo space, and then to tell us a little bit about a rebranding. So um, let's go ahead and welcome Robert Abella. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, similar to Katie as well. Uh, we develop products. So yeah, it was a very, very busy period. In fact, we're closing off the campaign. Yeah, but overall, we're doing very well. Thanks. That's awesome. Good to hear it. Robert, uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of Malapress and what you uh, do there and what you have going on, but why don't you uh, start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you uh, got into WordPress and, and WooCommerce as well. Sure. I am Robert. I am Maltese. I come from Malta, but I live in the Netherlands. Um, I discovered WordPress. I've, I've always worked for software companies and during my last corporate job, we needed a blog. I'm talking about 2012, early 2013. Um, yeah, and I started looking. It was a software, a security software company. So we started looking for a blog. We found out about WordPress and we started using it. And yeah, back then it was still much, it was a much smaller community. So yeah, I made a few friends, you know, through like asking questions on WordPress.org and stuff like that because it was completely new to us and stuff. And yeah, I got interested more than using it as a blog, basically. And uh, back then, it was the early days, so security it was uh, a big, a big issue. But there weren't any many security products. Uh, there wasn't even you know like Sukuri and all these. They weren't there yet. Uh, and we were a, soft, a security software company, so we actually developed a product, which was a big flop. But anyway, there are many reasons why flop. But yeah, I got really interested in in, in the security aspect because. Uh, all of my previous jobs in, in, in with other companies, I was always involved. I was always worked with security software companies, basically. So yeah, so I got really interested. Made a few friends. Uh, went to the first. My first in-person event was at uh, where the first WordCamp Europe in Leiden. And yeah, I was I was hooked from, <laughs> since then, basically. And then originally started uh, cleaning some hacked websites and stuff like that, writing a few blog posts, uh, and. I always was kind of like surprised, like a multi a multi system like WordPress, multi user system like WordPress. Like, how come it doesn't have any sort of kind of activity logging? So yeah, I'm I'm not a developer per se, but I can read and write some code. So yeah, I developed the first version of of our plugin called WP Activity Log, 
because uh, I was using it as well, like when when I was working with clients back then, cleaning hacked websites and stuff like that. Uh, it became very useful if if you have it installed uh, before, of course, because you can see you can get an idea exactly of what's happening. Um, and yeah, slowly, slowly started picking up, and it, it I designed it kind of thing as a security tool. But slowly, slowly, I found out that many people were using it more like. It's still, activity logs are still security, but more like generic, you know, like 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 uh, user behavior and stuff like that. Um, and we had a lot of requests for WooCommerce, uh, as in like to to start because by default it was kind of like keeping a log of what thing, what changes people are doing in, in WordPress per se, yeah, WordPress install. And we had a lot of people asking us to start supporting WooCommerce. At first, to be honest, I was a bit, I I was a bit reluctant to support WooCommerce. Nothing is it's just it's such a broad product, so it's a bit overwhelming. Like, oh, okay, I'm new, I haven't I've never used this product, and all of a sudden we have to support it. You know? Um but yeah, slowly we started digging in. Uh, the team grew a bit, and yeah, we started digging in, we started developing uh, a sensor for WooCommerce, and it's one of our main drivers, lead generation thing for, for our main plugin, basically, because when you have like uh, an e-commerce system, you have users, you, you have your own, own team, especially for bigger teams, you know, people who take care of purchases, orders, stock, and stuff like that. So it's good to keep track, um, yeah, like who's doing what changes, etc. because you can get a better idea of, of basically you can, can stay ahead of the game and know exactly what's happening on your store. So yeah, that's, that's roughly how it all started and how I got involved with WooCommerce. Interesting. So what is unique about the security requirements of a WooCommerce website as opposed to WordPress generally? Because obviously WooCommerce uses WordPress users. So what additional challenges and needs are there on the e-commerce side of things? It's There are two, two very different websites. First of all, even just looking uh, at the setup, like when you have just a WordPress blog, maybe a few pages, you know, and newsletter, a subscription form and, and something quite basic. When you look at WooCommerce, it depends, of course, what you needed, what you're selling. But even just looking at the number of plugins, you know, like you have, you need much more plugins, payment gateways, uh, I don't know, user portals. Uh, there, there's, it depends what type of e-commerce solution you have or you want. But yeah, you have a much bigger number of plugins, and also on the typically, it depends also on the size of the of the commerce, but. From from our experience, uh, big e-commerce websites have a big team. So of course you have much more people. Like typically, let's say a news website is still a big team, but they're just editing content. Quite frankly, not, not much else. With e-commerce, you have yeah, stocks, products, orders, changing the products, the, the, the metadata of the products and stuff like that. And when you have a bigger team, you know people you have to cater as well. People working from home, people working from here. Um, as as we know, not that. Not because they want to, but not everyone is, is familiar, you know, like, okay, don't use the hotel Wi-Fi or stuff like that or public Wi-Fi, but these things happen. So there are many more challenges. And uh, even on the website itself, there are there's much more dynamic content and dynamic and, and forms and stuff and, and places of, of entry or where users have to enter data and stuff like that. And customers have to be logged in or not. So there's much more going on. So of course, um, you need to really like like be a step ahead and, and try to maybe control is not the right word, but yeah, try to keep an eye exactly on what, have, what what's happening, you know, and to keep an eye on the store itself, like the stocks and stuff like the SKUs, the product names and stuff like that. Like I, we, we've seen some cases, someone simple mistake changed an SKU or something, you know, and then they couldn't trigger back the, the stocks and stuff like that. It can, as such a small problem can become such a big headache for a business, you know. So, so yeah, definitely it's a totally different and much harder challenge keeping an e-commerce solution secure compared to a news website it's, it's not that a news website is easy but there's much less there are many less moving parts basically yeah i um i actually came across wp activity log um several years back working at an agency and um yeah it was like you said i think maybe a little bit less security focused for us as it was making sure that we had a log of what people that we handed the website over to were doing like an accountability piece um, to say, okay, you know, they come to us and they say, well, this page is all messed up. I don't know what happened. And we can go back in the activity log and see who logged in and what pages were edited. And we're like, you know, I can tell you exactly what happened. Here's how we can fix it. Um, let's figure out how to move forward. 
Um, but I do know that you have, you know, kind of as a security focused company, um, primarily anyways, you do have a few other pieces like 2FA for WordPress and um, CAPTCHA for WordPress and WooCommerce stores. So maybe tell us a little bit about um, like a couple of the other pieces, but really like what's kind of your mindset on how you decide what the next plugin, what the next product is and what kind of maybe security holes you see in the WordPress space that you feel like, oh, we need to step into here and create a, a solution for that. Yeah, WP Activity Lock started based on a need that we had. Um, the second plugin we had uh, is, is login security. It's the smallest plugin we have now, but that's because it was premium only. Uh, most of the plugins, uh, it's, it's not like we had an idea. It's more like it was based on it. Like even 2FA, for example, we use 2FA for our own websites, of course, uh, which is regardless of our plugin or not, I highly recommend that everyone uses 2FA because, of course, it saves a lot of headache. Uh, but yeah, it was also we started developing it based on a need because uh, we're looking at the free plugin set first because we're still a smaller company so we didn't have a certain budget and now quite some few solutions to be honest out there but none of them like really like catered for what we need. One, one, one specific need was uh, policies like as in like you didn't say okay I want all editors I want to enforce all editors to use to FA none of them they all worked as a solution but you cannot enforce so they just install it and if someone wants to option, they can configure to a fee. So that wasn't good enough for us. And that's how it was born. And yeah, of course, WP, WP Activity helps us a lot because it has a big customer base. And yeah, we learn a lot from customers. We see a lot of things, you know, like, um, because with logs, the advantage, I think, because you almost touch every aspect of, of, of the business. Some people, I don't know, you see that had problems, I don't know, with a hacked website or login. Some people had a problem with user accountability. Some problems, some users had problems, uh, I don't know, with, with an agency, I don't know, they said they didn't do it. Or So yeah, so you get a lot of ideas and, and stuff like that from customers. But basically, yeah, all the plugins were born based on a need. So we have we have WP Activity Log, the first one, WP2FA. Uh, CAPTCHA, it was also like, kind of like, it's in fact, that's one of the reasons why we're branded, which we can talk, discuss a bit later on, because we're moving more like we started as a security, solely focused on security, uh, but we're moving more towards more like security and administration of a website, management of a website and users. And CAPTCHA yeah, is definitely spam users' registrations, especially, you know, it's a big problem. Spam user registrations, fake orders. This, by the way, that's where WooCommerce comes in as well. Fake orders in WooCommerce, it's a very big problem. Um, scam orders and stuff like that. So yeah, basically that's how most plugins were born based either needs or ideas from customers who are talking to customers and yeah, and we came up with the idea. Interesting. So let's move on to the rebrand. So I understand you were called WP White Security until fairly recently and then you've done a rebrand. Correct. Uh, the official rebrand, um, we officially announced it um, at WordCamp Europe. Uh, this year in in Greece, yeah, it was in Greece this year. Um, yeah, we we brand before we were WPI security. There are a few reasons why we rebranded. Uh, first of all, it's a very long name. Like Malapress is much shorter than WPI security. It's also easier to pronounce. Also, we are moving kind of thing from just purely security um, into more like security and admin kind of thing of websites. And the last thing is like. Um, when people see security, um, in most cases, not always, but when people see security, in most cases, they always assume, yeah, you're some sort of firewall malware company. Right? The first time, like, at WordCamp, they ca- people come up right, to, right up to us and say, okay, um, uh, yeah, how do you compare yourself to Sakuri, Mark, or all the other ones? Like, no, we don't even. We actually complement these products. We don't compete with them. So, yeah, we had to go through that whole process of explaining what we do and why. And those are the main reasons why we have rebranded, you know, like like we're moving towards uh, yeah more security and admin. And also, uh, this is this business is kind of thing, I wouldn't say by coincidence, but, you know, it started as a hobby, then it became a part-time, then it became full-time. So there was never like a, like a plan or something. So we started as WPI security, we started writing blog posts, securing websites, then WP Active Talk kind of like was created. It started growing, became its own product. So we opened the website WPActivity.com. WP um, 
and then we had WP2FA, we opened the website WP2FA.io, and yeah, it, it was beca- even from the marketing point of view, it was becoming like too many brands to disperse. Like, and if one thing which we noticed, uh, WordCamp, not this year, last year, like people knew WP2FA, people knew the Capture plugin, people knew WP Activity Log, but no one knew what is WPI security because it was like there was no umbrella company, it was like just people know individual plugins. So we wanted to rebrand to, even from, from the admin point of view, it makes things much easier now, but also from the branding, like we'd like to present ourselves as a, like we have a, a suite of plugins, not just this plugin or that plugin. Uh, so it's it's much easier even for users. Um, in fact, the most common customers of, of like who purchase our new plugins to have the other plugins, because WP Active Lock is the oldest one and the, the other ones are only like two, three years old. Their users which use WP Activity Lock. So it's good to see um, customers that need some of our suite of plugins, you know, like using them together and stuff like that. So, yeah, th- those are the main reasons why we've rebranded. Yeah, I'm fascinated that you have the confidence to do it because my company's Barn 2, which was our address when we started as a web design company targeting local small businesses. And since we were in a national park, it seemed relevant that we were based in a converted barn. We had no idea we were going to become a multinational um, software plugin company. So now we've got this weird name that doesn't really mean anything. So I'm really fascinated to hear what you're saying about, in a way, you've moved to a more generic name so that you can present it as the umbrella brand. Because we've always thought, should we rebrand and then worried about like um, losing the brand awareness we've already developed and things so it's interesting to hear your story yeah very good question in fact the rebranding part has been on my mind yeah so i I started in roughly 2013 officially um so yeah and and we rebranded this year uh we made the official decision WordCamp last year in June, but yeah, it was on my mind for a few years because similar to you, like, should we rebrand? Why, you know, people asking questions, is it better? Uh, I don't think, to be honest, there's a right time when to rebrand or not. It's just like, let's do it. I think what's very important is um, planning, like the, 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 the planning stage took a whole year, basically. That's why the, the official decision was made. Okay, I was with the team in June last year in in Portugal last year, yeah, and yeah, we decided okay that um, I I I I shared the, this idea of rebranding because I've always thought about it the last few years, quite frankly. Um, and yes, okay, let's let's start doing it. So it was a whole process. It was a whole year of of planning and stuff like that. I don't think there's a, a perfect time. I think there are, there will always be some some impact, you know, to the brand. So I mean. It depends how you plan that stuff, but there'll always be a bit of an impact. Always. Um it's just a matter every day that the way I see it's like we made the decision because like, okay, we're not sure what an impact it will have, but every day that passes, that's a day we've lost towards renaming kind of thing. A day that has passed. So it will always get it it will never feel comfortable doing it because it's always, oh, now it's too late, now we grew now we have another customer, now we have another customer, you know. So <laughs> you just put the foot down and say we're going to do it it's, it's hard it's, there's a lot of planning involved uh, a lot of unknowns as you said easily remember the new name will they keep on searching for the old name like so, so some things are out of your control i think what's really important is especially in, in the preparation the planning stage try to worry and plan as much as you can about the things you can control the rest is like you cannot control much what's important is that, of course the planning stage you know making sure that like we we have this Excel which we still kept. It's so long, you know, of all the things we need to do. Who needs to do them? And but we literally went because we're still dealing with it. Of course, there are still some some things. For example, at the moment we're still chasing some websites which we had, uh, which they had articles about our plugins, for example, and they linked to us and we're asking them to change the URL. Yes, we've set up the redirect, but of course, if you change to a direct link, is better. So yeah, but even even the checklist we had. We split it in three. There's the pre-rebranding, during the actual rebranding, you know, the, that week where there's not happening, and then there's post-rebranding. And yeah, we're still going through the post-rebranding. But yeah, the planning is very important, but I don't think there will ever be 
the right day <laughs> went to reprint actually. So it was just yeah, just we just were been thinking about it for a few years. I got kind of a sort of confirmation from him. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's do it. So at least I, it wasn't just me alone with one crazy idea. You know, like we're a team. So yeah, then then of course it happened. I think in contrast to what you've built, Katie, with Barn Two, Barn Two has a bit of name recognition. Where I think what Robert was saying is. Like most of the recognition was on the products themselves, on WP Activity Log, on WP2FA, and the product suite, and not as much on WP White Security, which I think probably you have maybe had some confirmation on that when, like you said at, at Porto, when you were talking to people about what WP White Security is, and like, oh, I know what you know Activity Log is, and the the name recognition for WP White Security maybe wasn't there as much as it was for the products. And so making that decision to change to Melopress um, maybe wasn't as as uh, as difficult or as, as tall of an order. Um, I am curious, though, Robert, um, one, where the Melopress name comes from. Just curious to hear you talk a little bit about that. And two, maybe if you have um, you know a, a couple of considerations for people that might be looking to rebrand some of the things that they may not be thinking of um, before going into it, some something that you know that you've run across in the last six months to a year in the planning, in the doing, in the you know pre and current rebrand. Um, just a couple of considerations that people may not think of if they're trying to do a rebrand. Something, some advice you can give them. Sure, definitely. Uh, first of all, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the fact that WP White Security didn't have a strong brand by itself that made the, the decision a bit easier, kind of thing. You know, like okay, it's not very strong. Um, in regards to the team, we're a remote company. Uh, everyone works from home. We have no office. I am based in the Netherlands. There's someone in Malta. There's someone in Bulgaria, Romania. We have people in Wales. We have two other people here in the Netherlands. We, we eight people, so we, we are a distributed team. From home. We're multinational. Uh, two people are from different countries. Um, yeah, Mala is a Maltese world. It depends on the tone, but can mean a yes or a no or maybe. So it depends on, on, on the tone, on how you use it. So we struggled a lot, by the way, with the name, to come up with a name. Um, press, of course, is for WordPress, but we struggled a lot. But Yeah, I, I like it for what it's worth. I like the name. I was just curious where it came from. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot. Had a lot of meetings, a lot of brainstorming sessions, uh, and I was speaking to a Maltese colleague of mine. Said like he, he used the word. I was like, oh, okay, that, that sounds nice. So it worked out really well. Even at WordCamp uh, Europe this year, we had very good feedback. Very good. Yeah, people like the name. So so we're glad about that. Uh, in regards to things to consider, when, so you can plan as much as you can when rebranding. One thing that I think people tend to overlook. Not on purpose. Yeah, uh, whether you like it or not, you can do. It. Of course, you won't set up the redirects. There's a lot going on and stuff. Uh, but one way or another, it will definitely affect, at least for a period of time, your um, your SEO traffic, your your traffic to the website, which also means your revenue. So you need to make sure, of course, if you're running literally your company from paycheck to paycheck, there might be problems. I think that's one of the biggest things that people don't think about because it's definitely important. And the rest, as such, there isn't much out of this world. As in like, if you start reading online, there are quite a lot of articles, Quite you find quite a lot of Excel sheets, checklists that you need to go through when you're branding. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. As in, I knew about it because we have rebranded was before it was WP Security Audit Log. So we had a bit of an idea what <laughs> what happens. We had changed the website then. So yeah, that's definitely something like okay. That's from when, even when I spoke to people, like even the, when I was at work, can people ask? Okay, does it affect your revenue and stuff? Like people, it seems they overlooked it. It does. It does affect your SEO traffic. There's we've recovered, of course, but yeah, you can see even if you go to analytics or something, you can see that dip basically. So so it's it's, it's normal, you know. Uh, there is this business as usual, you know, like set up the redirects. Um, I think something else that some people might overlook the post rebranding there's a lot going on we're still going on till now like as i said like yes you can set up redirects but it's always better to keep on chasing those websites which link to your old website to to update the links keep on checking the logs for all fours and stuff are very important because 
it's normal, especially when when you have when you run a blog for 10 years, you have a lot of blog posts, you have a lot of products and stuff. So yeah, you can have checklists, you can use crawlers to crawl website, but there will always be some article which you had written in the past or it is set up a redirect and now it ended up redirecting somewhere or somewhere. So yeah, that keeping an eye the rebranding, the way I see it, like the day you announce the rebranding is it's not like the end of the project, it's actually the start of the second phase of the project because there's much more going on after this stage. Checking things, making sure everything is still uh, redirecting properly. Some of the websites actually we had to send at least, I think, eight emails until they got back to us. Like the rebranding is just the beginning. So there's much more going on after the rebranding than, than the rebranding. For every new client site comes new needs. And if you're looking for that right plugin for the next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. The team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi-vendor for advanced USPS, or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So for that next project, why don't you head over to thedotstore.com and give them a try on your next build. Whether you're just starting to build that Woo shop for a client or looking to expand or scale an existing site, GoDaddy's e-commerce hosting solution is there for you and your projects. Expand a client store with access to thousands of extensions or scale big time with conversion tools, multiple staff accounts, an integrated POS, marketplace integrations, and discounted shipping rates plus a lot more. And if you continue to manage your site or you hand it over to the client, a single dashboard gives powerful tools such as online sales tracking and easy auto sync for all the store's inventory across the entire site. Plus software, plugins, and extensions will be kept up to date and regression and other testing is done continually to avoid site breakage. With that all said, keep your client sites humming along with e-commerce hosting from GoDaddy at GoDaddy.com. So did you do the implementation all in one go? The reason I ask is that a major rebrand that's happened recently in the WordPress space is iThemes to Solid WP. And they seem to have drawn that out in a very intentional way over months because of the complexity of the project. So did you do that or did you do it in one go and then phase two is more checking and updating links and things? Uh, we've done it in one go. We thought about it. We thought about splitting the process. Uh, I think we would have had less pressure as a team. But um, after kind of like doing some dry runs, you know, just talking with the teams and stuff, it, it seems like we're going to... Um, it's, it's more of a kind of like, we didn't want to end up dragging our feet with the project. So I said, like, listen, okay, if we're going to do this, then next month, and we're already delaying the first task, I was like, okay, then all the other tasks will be delayed. And okay, then what happens here? And as you said, especially if you're a team, someone's going to take some time off. Someone's going to... So by sticking to a date from four months before, we knew, okay, so that month, at least, listen, we're going to make sure everything is ready before uh, everyone needs to be there and, and stuff like that, you know? So it's, I think... Uh, most probably if you stage it, it has much less impact on the traffic, on the revenue and all this stuff. And maybe there's a bit less pressure because you're doing the stages. But yeah, like at least for us, maybe because we're a small team, it, it made it easier. Like, let's do that date and let, let's stick to it and, and, and publish everything. Otherwise, as, as I said, like some people, rightly so, someone with some time off, then this happened, then this happened, then this missing class, you know, it, it becomes a bit more complicated. And it's the whole process even if you plan it, it's stressful by itself. So like, listen, let's do it and, and get rid of it. And, and then of course, there's the, the post rebranding process, which is still going on, but at least the, the the biggest step is done. Yeah, I almost wonder, I don't know what the experience is from the 
um, solid WP team. But I almost wonder if you drag it out over time, if you end up with a little bit of a split personality for a period where you're sort of iThemes and you're sort of solid WP and you're kind of having to jump back and forth and, you know, oh, you're from iThemes. Well, yeah, but that's going to be solid WP. And then when it happens, you're like, yeah, it was formerly iThemes and you're doing a lot of explaining for a while why you kind of have two names floating out there. So I almost wonder if that's, you know, good too, you know, depending on what's possible, right? Again, maybe the, the team size and the amount of pressure that they needed to alleviate made sense for them to spread it out over time, where for your team size, it made sense to just go ahead and switch it. But, um, you know, I almost wonder if just going ahead and switching it all at once makes sense to kind of not have two brands floating out there that mean the same thing for a while. Yeah, I, I don't think there's an ideal setup. I think it really depends on the company and stuff. However, one thing, maybe which is also something that I should have mentioned before, but you said like you need to keep on reminding people. Like one, like for example, I noticed that uh, as, if, as as most of the world knows, Twitter has been renamed to X. Now that was a very very public rebranding. Everyone knows, like not everyone, at least people who work in it. You don't, whether people like him or like the company or not, it's a very it was a very public thing. But still, when I receive emails from them, they're still like X.com in brackets, formerly Twitter. So you have to keep on reminding people like this is, this is who we are, this is who we are. Well, tw- Twitter is having a different issue where people are refusing to call it X. And so to some degree, they're going to have to do that for a little while, um, where in your case, Malapress is a great name. It's not a single letter that's going to be very confusing long term. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little bit easier to get on board. Like Twitter, they've just done it like a tiny bit at a time. Yeah, yeah, it just happened, yeah. They're still yeah. on Twitter.com. And I think the main motivation mm-hmm. was because he owned X.com and has wanted to use it for something. So they've done it, I'd say, much worse than Solid WP, which is maybe in two stages. They've just done it kind of incrementally so people got confused. So that's the opposite. Well, I, th- I think they missed the pl- the pre-planning piece entirely. Mm. Could be. <laughs> yeah, and they have the budget to do it, I would assume. Yeah. With the, the change away from WP White Security to Malapress, I know that it's not just a change of name, it's not just a change of design. It's a little bit of a maybe a shift of focus. Maybe the focus was there, and now you're just trying to maybe play catch-up a little bit with your focus shifting. So security is still obviously a big focus, but you said sort of administrative tasks within WordPress are um, also a, a primary focus for the company. What sort of administrative pieces within WordPress are you looking to tackle? What what needs to be fixed within WordPress on the administrative side? Um, uh, we do, to be honest, we do have a lot of ideas. We do have a lot of, of plugin ideas and stuff. Um, however, this year, next year, especially with the rebrand, we want to focus on like, let's, let let the 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 dust settle you know like grow with what we have because the last three years really grew we grew really fast uh up until four years ago uh, it was just me and 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 the part-time actually someone via upwork basically like um subcontracted so so yeah so we'd like to wait a bit let the dust settle a bit and 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 then we'll look but in general i would say uh even from the other plugins that i see one thing that I, I see like really kind of like lacking user roles, as in there are user roles, the default WordPress user roles are quite limited, as in like in terms of there are those f- five, I think five or six, I'm not sure anyway, there. Um, I know there are some plugins which cater for creating your own custom roles and stuff, but I've only known of towards your plugins kind of, and it seems like roles maybe are not given enough importance like how how powerful they can be depends on how you use them but they can be very powerful in fact some big plugins including woocommerce they create their own custom roles you know, customers shop manager and stuff so yeah roles are very powerful i think that's that's one thing if i had time but in the future maybe we can definitely focus on user roles are, are definitely need a bit more of of tlc because they are very powerful and i think they are underestimated that feels like a good fit for you as well because often people have misuse of user roles, which causes security problems, i.e. everybody's an admin. So if there was an easy way to adjust the user roles and give everybody what they wanted, which may not fit neatly into author and editor, or then that would make their site more secure, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I, I don't blame people. Like you have just five 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 user roles. Um you can install a third party plugin, uh user role in there, for example, and create your own roles. But how many people actually uh, you're as a small agency getting started, you are two people, you know, how many people have the time? Okay, so what are you doing exactly on the website? And you create that role, you go to every permission, tick this one, yes, this one, no, this one, deny this, you know. Um, so I, I don't blame people. So it, it's it's more a question of uh, awareness, having something that's really easy to use and and uh, integr- uh, install and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, so yeah, that's, that's the biggest issue, I think, ease of use. And yes, it is indeed, user roles are a big problem. And yeah, most people have an admin role or it's there. That's the lowest people go usually. But yeah, definitely there is a, there is a need there for for something a bit better, you know, a bit more flexible, and maybe a bit users somehow a product that shows user more uh, it's the potential of of roles and how they can better use them or configure them or configure new ones. I um before WordPress, I was a, a Drupal user at the agency that I worked at, and I'm going to be. Sacrilegious here for a moment. Switching from Drupal to WordPress, I do feel like the one thing that I miss is Drupal's roles and permissions system. Um, you know, to be able to set up a role that was able to modify a custom post type and certain fields, and that's that, seems to be far more difficult to do in WordPress than it was in Drupal. Now, this is a few Drupal versions ago, so I don't know what Drupal permissions and roles looks like these days, but. When I made this, when we made the switch from Drupal to WordPress, that was the one piece that I feel like didn't quite work as well as it did in Drupal. So, if you can fix that for us, I would be eternally grateful. Thanks. <laughs> it's a long, long road, but yeah, maybe we'll get there. We'll see. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's it's the problem. I think one of the biggest problems, especially when planning new products, especially with WordPress, is such a popular product that people use WordPress in any way, shape, or form. I mean, just look at the WooCommerce sector. People use WooCommerce. You think, honestly, every day or whenever we get a support case, you think commerce will after all these years. And you go and like, what's this? Or how are you using it? You know, they start telling you, okay, use this. We installed this plugin. Like, whoa, you know, or we have this custom code. So yeah, you, you think you know it all. So yeah. And with user roles, of course, it's 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 difficult to really um, envisage how users, how WordPress users are using them. Um, I, I think it's more a question of because um, at the core of it, the, the design of WordPress and, and, and the permissions and how they are uh, is quite good. I think more is the the representation of, of how they are. Like I, The most popular plugin when it comes to user roles is user role editor. Um, it, it's, it's really uh, it's really basic. So basically you see all the list of permissions in WordPress. Yes, no. I think it's just a question of somehow making that process a bit easier because the system is there, the system works, uh, it, it, it's already quite good enough. There's no need for modification. I'm, I'm sure with time, of course, it will be modified and improved, but it's more, uh, yeah, the way these things can be configured rather than, because the system is there, it works. It's just, yeah, there, there are the tools good enough to help users use the roles at their full potential, basically. Yeah, it's quite overwhelming choosing from so many dozens of capabilities. Even when you click the human readable box, it's not clear what a lot of that means, edit options, whatever. But I th- I found that there's also gaps in functionality. Um, for example, I quite often get feature requests saying, how can I control which of my team members can edit which posts? So you might have a blog or a custom post type and they want to control specific posts or something that people can edit in the back end. Well, that is nothing to do with user roles at the moment because that's all about types, isn't it? Can they edit posts in general, which is all post types and so on. Um, So I think, just giving you product ideas here, I think (laughs) that is a gap as well that I haven't seen any product do. There's front-end content control plugins, of course, that control what the user can access. There's lots of them, membership and whatever. But in the back-end, I've never seen anything. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but I think it, it, it's still possible uh, to use hooks and filters and somehow kind of like use what WordPress has built a bit on top of it. And then, for example, say, yes, I want these users to only edit these posts and I want these users to only edit this type of post. So, so yeah. I agree. It's not perfect, um, but it's definitely possible to build on it. 
Uh, it's just a question of, of presentation. I would personally, I'm not a fan of front end plugins. It's uh, whenever I dealt with front end, it's it's it, it's it's so mu- it's much more difficult. As in, like, because the WordPress dashboard is the WordPress dashboard, and um, of course, there are some plugins which might make some changes. But overall, the user the user interface is quite simple. When you go to front end, we're talking about yeah, plugins, scripts, everything, the team itself, you know, and, and you want this, you want to be placed here the other guy wants to see it so it, it gets way more complicated i, I would tend that's that's one thing again never say never but one <laughs> thing at this stage i can guarantee we're not going to anything near the front end for now <laughs> because that's another very sensible we've learned it in theory but we still make the mistake so like some of our most profitable plugins are the ones that just touch the back end like we've got a woocommerce protected categories plugin which adds password protection to the categories and it's all back-end, and it's just so easy to support. Whereas, say, our WooCommerce product filters plugin in the front-end is a total nightmare because of all the theme issues and compatibility with other plugins, and it's far more profitable if you find a, a good a gap in the market in the back-end uh, to do with, I don't know, even shipping or anything, really. But if it's a back-end plugin, then as a business, it's a lot easier. Yes, yes, the front end is a bit of a, even the back end, but the front end is much worse. The, the, it's, it's, I think it's the beauty of open source. As an open source, is the code is available. And so, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like, it's much easier for people to develop something, uh, which is great. However, there's also that problem with, um, yeah, some people, for example, I don't know, uh, to log out, for example, there's a certain hook to log out, to log off a user, for example. But some people, you, you, you might see some teams, they just, Kill decision, for example. That's it. So, so, and then, of course, you're trying to keep a log of that, but you cannot because they're not using the right hook. So, and with the front end, it's even much, much worse with these things. You know, as you're saying, for example, I'm imagining filtering products and someone's using some theme, but they use some hook. I don't know what. It, it becomes really, really, it can become really, really complex, you know. So, so yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the reasons why I try to avoid the front end as much as I can. It's much more difficult, to be honest. Um, I'm going to ask you both since you're both product owners i know that wordpress is undergoing some admin area changes in the next year to 18 months or so how closely do you all follow those things knowing that what you're working on has to interface with any changes that happen in the wordpress admin i I do follow the news i am on a a, a number of Slack channels. However, I try to filter. I I, I turn not not to read. I, I I'm kind of selective on what to read and what to follow because yeah, I mean there's a lot of news and yeah, 18 months is especially in IT, it's a very long time. As in like so many things can change. I mean we've seen it as, even with Gutenberg started as something that everything is changing. Then we have the team. There's a lot going on, you know. So also one thing I've learned, it's it's nice to support the latest technology because. Um, yeah, it helps in a way support WordPress as well, you know. But it takes people take time to update. Like I, I'm, I'm saying this right now with WooCommerce. Uh, WooCommerce in version eight, uh, a lot of things change in the core, and now there's version eight point three. The edit, there's a lot of changes. Uh, <laughs> very gave us a bit of a hard time, you know, like playing around and and trying to to fix some issues we had with our plugin. So we spend a lot of time, but then we realize, listen, this this is just three, four, five months old. That very, in fact, we didn't even, we supported most of it and we didn't get any support query about it. And then I realized, like, I think very, very, very few people started actually using these things. It will take a few months, a few more months until people will start using it. We've seen it as well with Gutenberg. You know, like Gutenberg was a big thing. It was popular. Uh, nowadays, of course, there are more websites using Gutenberg, but it took a few months. Until. So I try to, Follow the news just to get an idea of the direction. But until I see something's actually happening, being implemented, and say, okay, let's try it now, you know. Because so, even in B, like, Gutenberg, since it's been launched, it's changed so much in terms of code. I try to keep myself informed because, of course, we are in this industry. But, yeah, like, like wait, still, I'm, I'm never, like, the first. We're never the first ones to do, oh, we're supporting. We like it to kind of, like, let people lose their bits, you know, see what's happening, and that kind of thing start if it's something that affects us see what's happening and stuff and then start developing or adjusting the product for that 
Is that how you think about things too, Katie? Kind of follow the news, but then follow the activity and see what people are actually doing? Yeah, I don't think this is a good area to be an early adopter because things change so rapidly, as Robert says. So like Gutenberg has changed so much. And when we've tried to integrate with Blocks, for example, our filter plugin is an excellent example. We came across uh, Blocks that were marked as experimental in the code saying, this may have unpredictable results if you try to integrate with it. So we've had to launch products and document it does not work with this block. We are waiting for them to stabilize and finish this block. And we do what we can when something is added to WordPress itself, but it's often a very slow process. And one current change is the uh, new WooCommerce product editor, which is in beta, it's taken a surprisingly long time for blocks to be available for the single product page. And it's actually looking very good. It's super buggy, the beta at the moment, uh, but the concept looks good and it doesn't look like Gutenberg, although it does use blocks for like creating the long description and so on. But that is going to have serious consequences for several of our plugins. For example, we have plugins that let you edit variations on the single product page and add extra fields like product sample buttons and lead times. And this is all going to change. But there would, in my opinion, there's no point in us supporting this current beta version because it's just going to change. So as a business, I feel it wouldn't be efficient to support it yet, even though it is available in WooCommerce Core if you tick a box it's kind of for trial purposes, really. So I'm waiting as well. Yeah, in fact, even like we noticed, for example, we're just just this week, sorry, last week, we're working on the Captcha plugin to support the latest uh, edition of, of the WooCommerce checkout. There aren't yet, and there are notes, in fact, there's no hook for this. It still needs to be developed. So it's not just that everyone. So yeah, you have to wait. Yeah, uh, and there's no point in trying to work around that, especially if you know that they're going to develop it. You know, just have to wait follow the tickets especially as developers like i tend to follow the news developers tend to follow more the projects on github and stuff which is better it's kind of the, there's a balance between us sometimes i test things to developers sometimes they tell me you know because they're more in the github area with other developers and customers are an excellent guide as well because when customers start asking for something that's when you know there's demand of course you need to move quite quickly at that point and you shouldn't be reactive you need to be aware it's on the horizon but that is one way to know how to prioritize. Exactly. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. Customers are a very good indicator. Yeah. So what are some of the future plans um, for Melopress then? What, what's next on the horizon? Um, yeah. Ne- this year, next this year, oh, it's almost finished. Um, next year, as I, it's, it's more about uh, refining the products kind of thing, making them uh, kind of like more mature. I mean, the... the they all start, all of them, they start as a, as a project, as a hobby and stuff, and they develop. Um, WP Activity Log is already there, it's in standard, and we want uh, all the other plugins to be at the standard in terms of code uh, and stuff like that. Uh, in fact, we're also slowly, slowly adding the, the implementing the WordPress coding standards and stuff like that, because of course it's better, especially when it comes to integrations with other plugins. We're also um, focusing to get a bit more organized because we are experiencing growth. As I said, the last three years we grew very fast, but there's there's still a lot of unknowns and still, okay, you do this now and someone else does this. And there's a lot of, I wouldn't say, it's not that things are not structured, but it's not even disorganized. But yeah, we can be definitely a bit better organized. So before we actually recruit more people and start moving faster, we need, yeah, we need to organize ourselves much better right now, use the right tools and stuff like that. And once we are good now, then we can, start getting more people because if you're not kind of think functioning properly now as soon as you start adding more people of course you have even more problems so let's get ourselves structured let's get ourselves organized okay this is how we do. we're trying i'm sure most startups go through this documentation it's a nightmare but yeah let's document the processes let's document everything who does what and whenever we publish an article okay it has to go through this to this phase this phase it goes here it goes here it goes here you know a plugin Getting a new developer, not everyone starts writing like the wild, wild west. Okay, we follow these standards, you know, these are the repositories, this is what we do, this is how we run a build, etc. etc. So 
next year is definitely a lot of focus on that one. And hopefully um, um, we succeed. We're, we're a bit more kind of like organized. Uh, the products are in a better place, more more stable and stuff as they grow. And yeah, then, then we'll be ready hopefully to yeah get more more team members on board and yeah who knows maybe new plugins yeah we've got we've got you going in your head on that roles and permissions plugin already i can tell yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i have a card in my trello in my trello, my trello board so you're ready to get started on that one um yeah i saw on your website i think that y'all have a newsletter and stuff as we kind of start to wrap up here where can people find out more about you more about Melopress and your products and keep up to date with all the things that you have going on Sure. Uh, I, I am Robert Abela, A-B-E-L-A. I'm a, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me also on, on, on Twitter and, and, and stuff like that. Um, the Prime Minister of Malta is also called Robert Abela, so most probably some people get confused, in fact. Um, but yeah, Melapress, yeah, melapress.com, you can find all the information there. There are links to our socials and everything. And yeah, we have, as you said, we have the newsletter, we have the blog. Even the blog, we're, we're kind of like, now we're we're focusing much more. We always try our best, of course, to write good content, but now we're focusing much more on kind of like longer, longer format articles, like more complete, longer format articles, more informative. You know, our, our, our motto was always, of course, every business is there to sell, but we were never fans of articles like, oh, like this, like this is the best plugin. We prefer to write an article that readers find useful, and hopefully, of course, they will learn about our plugin through the process who we are and, and what to do but but yeah the main the main scope now is, is was always but now it's even more let's write something education that that readers can find useful that's useful to use and, and then of course yeah hopefully they discover and learn about us as well definitely yeah well thank you so much for coming on it's been great to talk to you and we've covered loads of interesting ground from the rebrand to running a business in general on woocommerce or do we call it Woo now? Uh, I think it's WooCommerce still in that context. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me here. And yeah, to the next one. Well, I'd like to thank Robert for coming in and sharing all that comes with rebranding, especially a plugin company in the WordPress space. And as we rebrand our shows here at Do the Woo, I can so relate. Also, thanks to our sponsors for their continued support thedotstore.com and godaddy.com. They are part of what keeps this podcast community growing. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.